This is episode 28 with Annie Scranton. Welcome to the Apitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. Hey, everybody. Hope everyone's having a great week. Welcome to the show, Apitalize on Your Idea, the podcast where people come to make their ideas come to fruition. A lot of the time people come to me and say, Justin, I have this great idea and I'm going to make it, but like I don't really know how to get it out there. And what's my marketing strategy? And I said, well, you should have thought of that way before you started coming up with your idea. Don't just make something without a marketing strategy. People, you need to know. You need to know who your target market is. If you just make a product and hope for the best, you're already dead before it starts. But let's say you did it right. Let's say you had a marketing strategy. Say it started to work. Say you were getting sales. Now you need to get to that next level. Here's where our guest, Annie Scranton, comes in. Annie owns her own public relations firm called Pace Public Relations. I've hired her to do a co- do some work for my app, Sign My Pad and Good Night. You've heard her name a couple episodes ago where Michael Sorrentino talked about her because they're married and she's helped them with the eye patch case. We talk a lot about public relations in terms of what it is, and and obviously there's a lot of different types of public relations, as Annie will explain later, that there's media relations, corporate communications, crisis control, things like that. Uh, There are public relations firms that handle only social media. Annie, in this case, is a media relations, uh, public relations person, and what that really means is I'm I'm paying her and I'm buying into her network of colleagues now she happened to have been a producer on a tv show um for many years and that helped she was able to meet other producers and anchors and editors and and the people who you need to talk to people that you might not be able to get to directly and as you hear us talk about it you'll hear that you know sometimes when you go after it directly it kind of sounds like begging and sometimes it is and that's okay but having someone like annie or any pr firm would really help you take that second to third step is what I'm going to call it. So marketing from the beginning to where you need to be is your first to second step. That's doing all your social media and doing your blogging and getting your name out there and, and putting it on LinkedIn and just keep talking about it. And then when you need to take the next level to get yourself in the news, on TV, whatever it is, that's where you're going to need a PR person like Annie. So I want you guys to listen up. Annie's a great person. She has a lot of insight. I really hope you like today's interview with Annie Scranton. What's up, Appitalizers? Uh, I'm really happy about today's episode. I have Annie Scranton on, founder and president of Pace Public Relations. You may have heard her name the other week, uh, Michael Sorrentino in the iPatch case. Annie is his PR person. Annie is my PR person. And uh, now we have Annie on the show. Annie, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So public relations, PR, big thing. Everybody thinks they need a PR person. Uh, everybody thinks that PR is the way to go when it comes to marketing. Are they right? Are they wrong? What's PR? Tell us. I, I think that every single person, entrepreneur, or company can benefit from um, public relations for sure. So my my sort of niche within the, the broad concept of public relations is media relations. And 
that basically means that I am pitching for my clients um, on a constant basis members of the media, uh, TV producers, reporters, magazines, radio shows, blogs, podcasts, etc. Um, and I think that without putting yourself out there, it's how else are people going to find you? I mean, there's there are there are other avenues like social media or just word of mouth, etc. But in this day and age, I just feel like there's so much noise on social media and on the internet that if you don't have uh, you know somebody constantly going to bat for you um, to these media outlets, or if you're not doing it yourself. Somebody else is, and they're going to be the ones to get a cool write-up or get an interview on TV that could really help your business or your brand. So you mentioned that you, you're a niche of media relations. So public relations, obviously, is a much broader topic. What other niches are there within public relations? Um, well, there's corporate communications, and so that's for the big guys, Pepsi, eBay, Amazon, and... So not our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> not our listeners. Um, then there's also uh, crisis control, and that's probably also not your listeners, although maybe it, that, and it's as simple as what you would think it probably means when there's a crisis or a CEO is under fire for something... Those, those types of uh, PR professionals are, uh, you know, trained to know how to talk to the media and handle a crisis as it's evolving. Um, and then there are also um, PR professionals who deal solely in public relations um, So for, for social media. So those are all the different aspects. So it sounds like the best one to have would be a media relations PR person. I think so. If you're an entrepreneur um, and you're just starting out or, or, or even, you know, unless, unless you've hit it super big time, yes, I think having a media relations professional is going to be the most bang for your buck for sure. So within the media relations, let's talk about this. So this is going to be more obviously about what you do and stuff. Um, what, how are you helping these entrepreneurs? Someone comes up with an idea for a product. And they come to you and they say, Annie, I want to, I need a PR person. I have this life-changing product, whatever it is. How do you get behind them? Do you take on every client that comes to you? Do you vet them first? Do you, do you, do you even care about what their product is? Or, or do you just know who the right people is to talk to who? Well, I definitely always vet prospective clients and do my research and check out whatever product they have um, that they're trying to promote, of course, because we definitely do not take on um, every single person who approaches us um, at my company. Um, and, you know, I, I will only take on a client if I believe in the product. Um, and that that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be something that I'm going to be into. Um, but if I think it's a good product, or I think it's something that will help people, um, then yes, I will, I will take them on. The other crucial component is, do I think I'm going to be able to get my client press and mentions in the media? Sometimes it can be the greatest idea in the world, but if it's 
too obscure or, you know, somebody is like on day two of starting their business and they don't have enough of a following or, you know, the idea set in motion yet, um, then it might not be the best fit. But with my previous experience, because I was a, a TV news producer for 10 years, I have a very good understanding of what producers and reporters are looking for. And, um, you know, if I, I will only want to, you know, I want to always achieve results from my clients. So if I think I can, I can get them on and help them, then that's really a big part of it. Tell me one of your uh, biggest success, success stories. Well, um, definitely, and you know, this is another aspect to what I do, but, um, I, I, my biggest client ever to date was a, is a guy named Jeff Ashton and he was the prosecutor in the Casey Anthony case, which people might remember was Mm -hmm. a case in Florida. And he was the good guy in the story. He tried to put her away and put her behind bars, um, he was not successful in that, but he had hired me um, to work with him um, in getting interviews immediately after the trial ended. And we had, you know, this whirlwind media tour the very next day after the trial ended. Um, he was on the Today Show. He was on The View. He was on with Dr. Drew um, and then, a, you know, just a slew of other interviews um, the, ne- the following day. But, um, you know, you don't, people don't get paid for TV interviews. And that's something your listeners may or may not know when you're watching Fox News or GMA or Entertainment Tonight um, or CNBC, the guests you see being interviewed aren't getting paid. Um, The only way that you can really make a profit in the sort of media world um, through what you're doing is by writing a book. That's one very clear cut avenue. And um, I knew a woman by the name of Lisa Sharkey, who is a the head of development at HarperCollins. Um, we had worked together when I, we were both producers at Good Morning America. And I called her the day after the trial when we were in New York, and I said, I, I've, got, I've got Jeff here. He's the hottest ticket in town right now. Can we meet with you? And we came over. We met with her and her team for about an hour. And about 15 seconds after we left, the, my cell phone rang, and she offered us this incredible book deal. And so I sort of became a literary agent then and there. Um, and yeah, so that was that was definitely sort of a crowning achievement, I would say. I wrote a book. Are they gonna Are they gonna bark me on that, or or am I have I passed my prime with that one? <laughs> you will definitely get some press with your book for sure, because it's something that. You know, look, if there's if there's tangible information and tangible takeaways that the viewer can really learn from a book or from an interview, that's always going to be something that a producer is looking for. Um, If it's too if it's like too intellectual, it's too in the weeds, you know, there's not going to it's not going to be able to reach as many people. So um, that's definitely something I think your viewers should keep in mind is that people in the media always want they call them takeaways they always want to know you know what is the viewer what is the audience going to learn from this interview so now you had this guy on the view dr drew the today show like was it you that you knew people there and and that's really what we're paying for when we pay you or is it that you had to first make these connections by saying look i have this prosecutor on and he's going to be great and blah 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 well i mean 
Jeff Ashton is a very particular story because that was literally the biggest trial of the decade. Mm. So um, that one sort of sold itself. However, it was pretty sensitive in nature. And, you know, there's the, the, the wars that go on between the Today Show and GMA and CBS, um, you know, it can get pretty, um, you know, producers try to steal guests and all this kind of stuff when it's somebody that high level. So but let's um, take let's take let's take Michael's product, the eye patch case. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I know because we had mentioned your name came up when I was talking to him about the fact that he got covered by David Pogue. Yeah. Everybody's dream in the tech world is to get covered by David Pogue in some way, shape or form. Is it that you knew David Pogue and that's what like that's what this relationship between a PR person and an entrepreneur is really about because you have all these connections and you know who the right people are to go to or is it that you believe in this product so much that you just keep knocking on like David Pogue's door until he answers um I did not know David Pogue at all um and I know a lot of people in media but not every single person and <laughs> I I literally I, I just pulled up the email now as we're talking um I just sent him an email cold and he responded the next day to the email and part of the reason why I think he responded is obviously the eye patch case is a very cool and unique product but I, I think a big part of it is that I know what to say to him when I'm pitching him. Um, you need to get them in the first sentence, get their attention, and if you don't, they're just going to delete it and move on. Somebody like David Pogue must get like hundreds of emails every day, yeah. and so it's impossible to keep up. So you got to grab their attention right away. And the other thing too is that. This was an email coming from me, somebody who has a legitimate, well-known, respected PR firm. If Michael had sent the same email, it seems a little too much like, hey, help me out, write about my product. It seems a lot more legit if you are if you have somebody sort of going to bat for you. Right, because otherwise it kind of sounds like a little bit like begging. Exa- that's exactly right. Because I do that all the time. I beg. <laughs> I have, no, I'll be honest. Like, uh, I really like the guys over at... Um, infinite loop and uh they they tweet and i always tweet at them and i'm like hey i got this new product and they wrote about nyc truck food when it launched and i got ten thousand downloads because of them which was awesome but then i was like hey that was amazing can you guys talk about sign my pad and good night and they're like no and so (laughs) you know it there's a point where it's where it's friendly and then there's a point where it's begging and then there's a point actually i was thinking about this when i was like when you were when i was saying like did you knock on david pogue's door i was thinking about um, the Big Bang Theory, and I just like see you going up and being like, David, David, David. <laughs> I mean, to see if he be- answers. Believe me, I harass and stalk people all the time. I mean, like it is, it is being a PR person is actually really annoying because you you have to be persistent. It's like, and and I have to be super persistent even with producers and reporters who are my friends like my actual legitimate friends because when you're a producer or a reporter you i mean you have especially when you're a producer you have to produce every single day every single day you have to put a show on the air that's an incredible amount of pressure and beyond that you you are legitimately getting hundreds and hundreds of emails every single day and so i always say it's a fine line between persistence and annoyance I mean you you know you kind of just have to use your judgment and me being also a friendly person a social person an outgoing person 
the lines between work and friendship um, get blurred with a lot of my sort of go-to contacts in the media, which is a good thing, you know? Um, and and I think something that we definitely bring to the table that um, is, is hard to find in other PR firms is those producers are emailing me every day saying, I'm looking for this kind of guest. Can you help me? Or I need a story for today's show. What do you have? And to be able to have that kind of access, that's really what you're paying for. Because, you know, if you just send, if you yourself are sending, you know, cold emails to different producers at Fox or CNBC, I mean, you might get lucky. It, ha it does happen, but chances, I think, are pretty slim. So you're really the embellishment of it's not what you know, it's who you know. 100 percent yeah. yes um okay so so now that well let me ask you another question then i i promote my book and i tell people about harrow help a reporter out mm -hmm. um how much of that should people be doing on their own or really should they be like offsetting that to you um, I mean, Harrow is like my best friend. I read them religiously every single day, three times a day, and respond to as many as possible. I think with Harrow, reporters expect that, you know, the individuals themselves are might be responding. So I think that it's it's certainly, you know, more acceptable, I would say, um, to respond on your own. But if you have a PR person. That's definitely something that I would that I would encourage um, you to give to them because it it's really comes down to also just you know this this sort of idea of legitimacy. And if you're big enough to have a PR firm, you're big enough to be written about in a magazine. And I I think that that does ring true for a lot of people. I, I feel good knowing that I hired you now because now <laughs> I know that I'm big enough to be written about. Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, though, I did. I mean, I was quoted in the Wall Street. I'm, I love telling this story, and I know you just heard this, but uh, for those who don't know, I was quoted in the Wall Street Journal like a couple of years ago because of Harrow. Somebody was writing an article about uh, AT&T Wireless and the iPhone, and as an Apple consultant, I wrote to them, and I was like, I'm an Apple consultant. I have an iPhone. I have AT&T. I hate AT&T, and here's how I know everything about AT&T, and I got quoted in the Wall Street Journal, and I bought like when – I, when I knew it was out, I bought – I've never read or bought the Wall Street Journal before in my life, and I bought like seven copies of it. They're sitting in my, they're sitting in my closet right now. So whenever my mother-in-law tells me about somebody in the New York Times, like in the wedding section, I'm like, I don't care. I was in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I mean, and that's amazing. And that, so I mean, there, there you go. Case in point. I mean, that it didn't get me anything. It just got me in the journal. It got you credibility. It got you, you know, legitimacy. And honestly, like if, if people are looking for investors, if they're looking to get a book deal, being able to put in your deck or your presentation that you were featured in the Wall Street Journal is a big deal. Yeah. And um, and it's also, you know, bragging rights. I mean, people tell me all the time that you know, if they, if I get them something big and then say they post it on their Facebook or their Instagram or whatever, you never know who's going to be reading and listening and watching what you're doing. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it's just going to be like your mom or your best friend or whatever, who's like, you know, says that's cool. But there could be some random person from high school that you're friends with on Facebook that has a corollary business or a different idea. And, and this has happened with different, you know, um, uh, clients of mine where other sort of business deals have transpired by just promoting themselves um, through media exposure on their own social media platforms. Right.
Um, that's why I like doing these podcasts because I, one is I try to bring on, obviously a lot of people have said to me like, oh, everyone you bring on is either from IIM or from South by Southwest, which is mostly true. But the reason for that is because I'm bringing on the people who are in the world that should be doing this stuff. And what's really nice about it is that I do this and then they retweet it to their their followers and now so now I'm getting more followers and it's building my credibility in that respect and then more listeners. Well, and you're smart because, I mean, what does it take to do a podcast? You know, 30 no, minutes? No, no, no. Don't give away the secrets. Don't, <laughs> it's a secret sauce. <laughs> okay, but... but, but <laughs> it, takes, it takes a $30 microphone, Skype, <laughs> and 30 minutes of my time. And but also, you know, like you talked about it in your in your talk the other night um, at the inventors meeting, like, you know, everybody should have a blog. Everybody you should be on social media. Like if you have the time and the energy and a nice voice, do a podcast like these are all things that are going to slowly but surely, I think, build a following. And again, when I'm when I'm pitching to different um, producers if I can say they have a website, they have a blog, they have this, they have that, it definitely helps. Right, because I think what it's doing is it's it's establishing the person's brand or the company's brand more than anything else. A lot of people question like, why do I need a blog or why do I need to be on Twitter? And I'm like, people think it's for selling purposes and it's not. It's It's legitimately for marketing purposes. Like, don't expect your blog to convert into to dollars the what what's gonna sell people is what the blog's talking about and then you're gonna push them on buying your book or buying your app or buying your product that's where the money's gonna come in all this other stuff the the blog and the social media and the podcast and a, and i mean you correct me if i'm wrong about the, a lot of the stuff that you're doing it's all ancillary to to get people to buy the really what you're selling but you're bush putting yourself out there as an expert in what it is that you're selling that's completely accurate. Boom, I'm a PR expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and like, you know, it's it definitely is and I always tell all my clients like that I I'm not I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a marketing person. I'm not gonna say, okay, work with me and like your sales and your volume are gonna triple by the end of, you know, the third month. Um, because I, I that's not what I do. Um, but and I and not to sound discouraging, but people who are really into the media and putting themselves out there or whatever, they could be doing media hits on Fox News or CNBC or Bloomberg or whatever for like decades. And they're not necessarily making money off of those hits in, in terms of like becoming a contributor or getting a signed contract or something like that. But there is an there is that other value, and that value is is the credibility factor. But you have to know then internally how to take that and take that credibility and use it. You know, a lot of my clients then will put their I was just on Fox News, and they'll blast it out to their to their email list of like three thousand people. You know, or they'll put it on social media, or write a blog about it, or whatever. So you kind of have to be know how to use it. Right, so you need to be able to you need to be able to figure out how to use these pieces together. It's a big jigsaw puzzle of marketing. It is, and and it's I think I just I, I do this every episode. I always have some really good thought, and now I just name this episode the jigsaw puzzle of marketing. <laughs> and that well, it's true because it's a it's it's a winding road. It's not something that is the same for every. It's it's going to be different for every single entrepreneur for every single company, and that really comes down to first 
knowing who your audience is and then figuring out, okay, what do they want to hear? What do they want? What are they looking for? And I've said this before. And uh, so you were, I did a presentation at the IAM. This is going to go up on the 20, on the 19th. So last Monday, the 12th, I did that presentation at the IAM that everyone listened and Annie was there. And Annie actually heard me say this. One of the big things with social media, I always talk about people is when I, I don't like calling it social media, I like calling it social networking, but a lot of people don't realize what the point is. It's not just to like sell, sell, sell. It's to get to know who your, who your audience is, get to know who your clients are and use it more of a learning tool than a sales tool. And too many people think like, what's the ROI on social networking? Well, that's the same thing. It's what's the ROI on being on Good Morning America. It's not a direct dollars for interaction kind of thing. That's exactly right. Although, I mean, you know, although it can be in some instances. Right. Um, and, and that's sort of something else about sort of PR and media and social networking in general is that it, you, you, there's no way to know exactly what the return on investment is going to be. But one thing we know for sure is that if you don't do it, you get zero. Then don't even then don't even bother having a business. I feel like. So I I know a lot of people think that PR is expensive, because um, I'm sure some of these they get pricing from people that do corporate communications and crisis control, and I'm sure those are hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I mean, you don't have to disclose your pricing, and that's fine. But like, is PR expensive? Um, I think it can be, um, but I think that one of the advantages of working with a smaller boutique agency like ours is that we can we can really work with entrepreneurs um, to come up with an arrangement that everyone is comfortable with. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to work for free, but um, I've done deals with clients where Maybe they'll put me in like for a back end deal, you know, if the right. if the company or the product takes off. Um, you know, some agencies do like a pay per placement thing. I I don't I can't do that anymore because we've just grown out of that uh, pay model. But there are there are that's you know looking for somebody who might do something like that for you who's just starting out could be a nice way to kind of test the waters. But I think that, you know, you just have to, you just have to do your research and find a smaller boutique agency. Um, and I have taken on clients for an extremely low amount of money because I saw something in them. I saw like star potential. I saw that I knew that they were going to be great on TV. And for me, that was was not it was not about the money it was about that i knew that by taking on this certain client it was going to open doors for me with other producers um at different shows and so if you have a pr person that thinks like that and you know is interested in growing his or her network and 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 you you are somebody who has a really cool product or cool idea or is great on camera you know i think that a lot of PR people will will see beyond will see that and then try to you know work with you on pricing. So I want to ask you. I I remember when I was first starting out, I got an email from someone who who told me about this thing. They wanted to put me on this TV show and be interviewed by William Shatner, <laughs> and I was like, oh sure, I'll do this. And then they were like, it's twelve thousand dollars. No, don't do it. 
<laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I didn't have the money. But and then I watch it. Apparently, it's a pre-taped clip of William Shatner being like, "What makes your company great?" And they just use the same clip of him over and over again. And then there's like three schmoes sitting behind a desk being like, "Well, William, this is why we're great." But to, and it was on at like three in the morning on like cable access. And then the idea was that they give you this that way you can use this um, over and over again. You know, you can use it as part of like your marketing packet or whatever it is yeah i mean like i think that those are total ripoffs like you just uh you just described and it's not a wise investment of of money um you know it's much more effective i think to pay a much smaller monthly retainer and have somebody pitching you to legitimate you know outlets and um and and sources and so I, you know, I don't ever recommend that my clients do stuff like that or, you know, a lot of people in media will push, like, gift bags. Like, hey, we're going to be in the gifting suite at the Oscars. Like, do you want to, like, be in all the gift bags for, like, $50,000 or something like that? And, I mean, like, it's cool, but I've, I've never known anybody that has... Like off of that. I yeah. kind of want to know who William Shatner's PR person was who allowed him to do that. <sighs> Maybe it was uh, Priceline. Maybe, maybe it's like part of it. Part of your contract is working for Priceline is you have to do this crappy <laughs> one-off yeah. TV show. Oh, you'd be surprised. I mean, there there really are a lot of those kind of deals out there, and I just, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just kind of a kind of a scam and a ripoff. Yeah. Well, okay. So if anyone, any, if anyone's listening and you're paying attention to what's going on, hire a PR person when you're not. <laughs> When you're big but not huge, because that way you can fit in with the right pricing model and let them make you huge and then don't forget to thank them and buy them dinner once in a while or something like that. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Um, it's good to be – it's good to contact a PR person when you're legit, when you have – you know. A legit website you have some sales you have some traction you have some sort of a following um and you're looking to take it to the next level that's kind of i think where my where, where my specialty is so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be taking it from the first to the second level you're more of a second to third or third to fourth level i would agree yes okay. definitely we'll where agree. you know you you're you're decent at, you're you know you're, you're viable like somebody's not gonna like look at your website and be like this is a joke somebody's gonna look at your website and be like Oh, that's like kind of cool. I wonder like how far they're going to take it in the next year or two. Right. All right. Well, this is good stuff. Thank you. Annie, where can people find you online? My website is Pace, P-A-C-E, publicrelations.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Annie Scranton. Um, and my uh, company's Twitter is at Pace underscore PR. All right. We'll have all that in the show notes and... We'll see if you get any. If you get any deals from this, from this, it's almost like reverse PR. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. A, there's Inception for you. It's a PR <laughs> thing for you about a PR company. While you're my PR person, it's really just it. it no. Like I, what, my head hurts just thinking about. What it. are you promoting me now, Justin? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm promoting. I'm promoting Mike's eye patch case. I'm all over Twitter about that thing. I know. Thank you so much. I, I see all of them. And he, needs to, he needs to get to those answers quicker. 
Um, but that's another, that's a whole another phone call. <laughs> I know. Well, if you didn't have this thing called a pesky daytime job, he, <laughs> you'd be able to. That's true. All right. Thanks so much, Annie. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Justin. So like Annie said in this interview, it's all about knowing what to say and how to pitch to the right people to grab their attention. And that's really why you need a public relations firm. Now, I'm not saying go out and get one right now, but consider it. And yes, they do range in cost, like Annie said. There are some places that are pay for play. There are some companies that cost you $20,000. What's in your budget? What's going to work for you? Who are you trying to attract? Make sure that all those things align. And having a PR firm on your hands will help you soar to the next level. I guarantee it. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, tune in again next week where we talk to more great guests about how to capitalize on your idea. Please leave some comments in the iTunes store if you haven't already. Hit me up on Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at, at Justin Escar. Go to the website, capitalizeonyouridea.com. There's so many ways to get in touch with me. Buy my book. Don't forget to buy my book. Got to promote the book. Love the book. Buy the book. It's on Amazon and iBooks. Capitalize on your idea. And if you guys have any questions, obviously, you can email me, tweet at me, whatever it is. I'm here for you. And I love doing this. And I love all of you. And I love my listeners. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.